So for the last hour and a half, I've been playing Alien Isolation in VR. Oh. It's unnerving. It Nothing has really jumped out of me. Like uh, I, There was a moment where something happened and it was like, ah! But um, no aliens yet. I know that they're there. Right now I'm just exploring a a space station that's on like lockdown and where is everybody and what happened and all the, some of the corridors are blocked and it's like got to restore power to the station and got to crawl around in vents and things. And it's, what was that? Mm, oh, scary. It's fun. Yeah. I played it in not VR. I never got all the way through it, but I just am really tense. Just like always expecting something to jump out at me. You know, a lot of times it didn't, which was a point they wanted you to be on edge, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I heard on the Xbox One version, if you have the Kinect, the Kinect is listening to you while while you play. And when the Xenomorph shows up, if you make noise, the Kinect hears it and alerts the Xenomorph to your presence. So you have to be very quiet when you're playing, which I think is a really cool use of technology. Yeah, we're reading about that. I'm not sure anything like that ever happened with me or if I even had that turned on or not, but... Um, yeah, my connect was acting wonky a few days and I was ready to like say, okay, is this the end of my connect era? Cause I'm not going to try to replace it. I don't know if you can even find one outside of like eBay, but you know, no, it would be worth it. Now. Do you have the adapter? Yeah, then? I do. The yeah. Adapter. Those are hard to find. Yeah. Maybe impossible to find. I was still selling them like on our eBay when I got it. Now it's harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not gonna find it now, at least without paying a lot of money for it, uh, which is a real shame. Mine was acting up last week, but I held down the power button to turn off the console and to do like a hard reboot, and that cleared it up. Usually, that clears up bugs when you hold down the power button for a while. Yeah, I think I had to unplug mine from both the um, console and the outlet. Well. <laughs> I'm like out of breath. I'm thirsty. My side is. Get something to drink. I'm, I'm drinking. I'm drinking ice water right now. <sighs> this is Spartacast. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, we're here today to discuss two episodes of Spartacus Season Two: Vengeance. Um, I got up this morning and I like watched um, Luke Cage and then. These two episodes, and then went right into that. From that, I had like five minutes break to record Defenders, and then after that, like 15 minutes break to record this. So I think I'm having a glass of wine when this is over. Oh, well, you've earned it. It's a little warm here for wine. Not so much today. Yesterday, it got up to 97, 98 degrees Fahrenheit, which is not pleasant. Uh, So I went kayaking in the middle of the day. Just very, which is nice. It's much nicer today. That's the thing about podcasting in the summer is that it's hot, but I can't the air conditioning on because the microphone pick all that up. So I turned it on for like a few minutes in between podcasts. Cool. And I don't have air conditioning. You would think that fifteen hundred dollars a month in rent would get you air conditioning, but no. you would be wrong. Not on the West Coast, no. <laughs> no, last summer a couple times I got up over to a hundred in the apartment. Um, couple weekends but now i have these window fans uh that uh, i got from costco and they seem to work pretty well uh, yesterday would have been a, one of those over 100 days but it 
It only got to about 90 because I had them on exhausting hot air from, from the place. Okay. And then uh, once it cooled off outside, I could turn on the exchange, the um, exchange mode where it pumps out the hot air and brings in the fresher, cooler air. Mm-hmm. And I think that cooled it down much faster than if I didn't have the fans, it would just be like the hot air would just be trapped for uh-huh. most of the night. So at least at this way I can vent it faster. So that is the worst. Cause we, cause we even you got to like a, um, it's like a fan pointed at you. You're not like getting any of the air out. It's just, uh, I mean, it can cool you down a little bit, but then you still got the hot air in there. So when I recorded with Matt yesterday on our gaming podcast, Matt is wrong about games. Uh, I told him let's do it very early in the morning when it's cooler. Cause when it gets to be midday, I'm going to have these fans on and I don't want these fans on when I'm, when I'm, podcasting let's see so do we have any fun well fun facts quote unquote fun historical facts what what do you think i picked my facts about like what topic um two are these episodes about uh would it be about (laughs) (laughs) would it be about like gladiators returning to the arena nope that's a good guess though uh i don't know well i will tell you um i went online to find some information about like fires and firefighting in Rome. Since at the end of the first episode, we're going to talk about the arena caught fire and uh, went out in flames. Uh, As always a disclaimer, uh, I get my facts from the internet. I do try to find websites that are legitimate. Like I got a lot of this from PBS.org, but as I go through these and I'm like, I'm writing down, writing down, uh, like, or, well, copy pasting text and then like, sort of rearranging it and pulling it from different sites. Uh, I then get to where it says like, uh, but other historians say everything you just read is not true. So it's like, oh, great. Thanks. That's helpful. You just, you never know. Yeah. Especially like uh, this time period. Cause I'll read like how, um, I was reading about how like, uh, in the history, Real history, like Crixus and Animaeus and Gannicus worked with Spartacus, but then other people say, no, that's just us projecting our modern ideas of warfare onto them. They're really more loosely banded. But then on the commentary of the episode, they said that, you know, they kind of came together and broke apart. Like, yeah. Yeah, y- you never know. It depends on who, who's telling the tale yeah. and their credibility. And since it's so long ago, who can say for sure? Uh, but I will read. I've got a lot of text here, so this will be good for you because all you have to do is listen. You don't have to talk. You can drink your water, and you can uh, recover yourself. Okay. On the night of July 19th, 64 AD, a fire broke out among the shops lining the Circus Maximus, Rome's mammoth chariot stadium. In a city of two million, fires around Rome occurred on a regular basis, particularly in the slums that covered much of the city. Only two million. Wow, that seems like a small number. Uh, yet this was no ordinary fire. The night was a windy one, and the flames spread rapidly along the full length of the circus. The fire expanded through an area of narrow, twisting streets and closely located apartment blocks. In this lower area of ancient Rome, there were no large buildings such as temples or open grounds or open areas of ground to impede the conflagration. The flames raged for six days before coming under control. Then the fire reignited and burned for another three. When the smoke cleared, 10 of Rome's 14 districts were in ruin. The 800-year-old Temple of Jupiter Stator and the Atrium of Veste, the hearth of the Vestal Virgins, were gone. 
two-thirds of Rome had been destroyed. So, big, big deal. <laughs> now, history has blamed the Emperor Nero for the disaster, implying that he started the fire so that, and probably not himself, he probably had, like, henchmen do it, so that he could bypass the Senate and rebuild Rome to his liking. There is some support for the theory that Nero leveled the city on purpose. The Domus Aurea, Nero's majestic series of villas and pavilions set upon a landscaped park and a man-made lake was built in the wake of the fire. Quote, it would have been seen as very inappropriate on the part of the elite in Rome, says art historian Eric Varner. They would have been happy if Nero had built the Domus Aurea out of the country, but to do it here in the city really was an extraordinary kind of statement. Rome became a city made of marble and stone with wide streets, pedestrian arcades, and ample supplies of water to quell future blazes. The debris from the fire was used to fill the malaria-ridden marshes that had plagued the city for generations. While the initial fire was spreading, Nero was miles away in the cooler coastal resort of Antinium. He, again, a disclaimer, I may be mispronouncing things, you just have to deal with that. He returned to the city only when the fire was approaching the mansion he had built uh, to link the gardens of Masonus to the Palatine. The flames could not be prevented from overwhelming the whole of the Palatine, including his palace. Nevertheless, for the, for the relief of the homeless, fugitive masses, he threw open the Field of Mars, including Agrippa's public buildings and even his own gardens. He constructed emergency accommodation for the destitute multitude. Food was brought in from Ostia and neighboring towns, and the price of corn was cut to less than a fourth sestris a pound. Yet these measures, for all their popular character, earned him no gratitude. So don't feel too bad for him, because it sounds like, A, he may have started the fire, B, he then tried to, like, provide relief, uh, emergency relief, to those who have been displaced. Uh, but then he decided, eh, we'll just blame it on the uh, on this new Jewish sect called, um, I don't know if you heard of these these people, the Christians. He uh, <laughs> in, indiscriminately and mercilessly crucified them and blamed them for the fire. Uh, during gladiator matches, he would feed them to lions. He often lit his garden parties. <laughs> oh boy, this is this is disturbing. He often lit his garden parties with the burning carcasses of Christian human torches, like um, I... like uh, like tiki torches, but of like Christians. <laughs> so okay, so then this is when I started reading. Well, yeah, maybe that's not true because some historians disagree with the premise that Nero started the fire. They say it was an accident. Uh, others say that Christians at this point were indistinguishable from Jews, so it was probably a myth that he persecuted them. Some of this history comes from a bloke named Tactus or, or Tacitus, I don't know. He was an historian, but at the time of the fire, he was only nine years old, so I don't know how reliable he was. We don't really know for certain, um, but the best guess is that uh, he may have wanted... Maybe the fire he didn't start it intentionally, but he certainly used the opportunity to like put up his own stuff, like where where it needed to be rebuilt. I don't know. Is that bad? It needed to be rebuilt. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but there's a famous expression of Rome burning while Nero fiddled. This nerd says uh, can't possibly be true because the fiddle or violin was not invented till the 11th century. Uh, it's an expression, uh, nerd. It, it's, <laughs> it means he was like not paying attention while his city burned to the ground, which, and that could be true because he was far away in his resort town, like eating grapes, drinking wine, I suppose, like you're going to be doing later. I bet so. that guy wants to remake The Last Jedi. <laughs> the guy is that, is that the second yeah. movie? 
Yeah, I heard I heard about a Kickstarter or something to raise funds to remake the movie. It's like you people need to just <laughs> calm the fuck down. Yeah. You don't own Star Wars, you know, as much as you think you do. It's not yours. Anyway, that's all my fun facts about the Great Fire of Rome. Yeah, thank you. 64 AD. So did you watch this season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. Okay, so you saw mm, mm-hmm. some of the Spartacus stars on there. Yeah, they kept their clothes on. <laughs> they were naked all the time. Um, Peter Mensa, Craig Parker on there. Uh, see, yeah, Lucifer got saved by Amazon. The original Nevias on that show. All right. Um, oh, yeah, some of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. writers worked on Spartacus as well. Cool. Glad they're getting work. It's our Spartacus news. Liam McIntyre responded to one of my tweets. <laughs> He's such a nerd. I love him. <laughs> um, about Gears of War 5. Mm, he's probably listening to this podcast right now. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt anyone listens to this podcast. That's okay. We're doing it for for us. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The first episode today is Libertus. Originally aired February 24, 2012, written, uh, directed by Rick Jacobson, written by Aaron and Todd Helbing. I know Robin listens and Simone listens. That's two people. Nice. That's one more than I thought, actually. I didn't know Simone listened. <laughs> uh, Hi, well, Simone. Hi, Robin. I don't know if he still does, but he was listening at uh, one oh, point. Oh, Simone's a guy, not a girl? Yeah. Simone. Oh, so it's not the other Simone I know on, on the Facebook I know, not that a Canadian guy, French Canadian guy. Ah, now I'm like trying to search my memory. Have I said anything bad about French Canadians? <laughs> if I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think so. Go Habs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say. So there's a commentary for this episode by Rick Jacobson and Liam McIntyre. Uh, apparently they knew early on that this episode was going to be like really difficult production wise. So they got the script early and started, you know, figuring out how they're going to thing. So did you enjoy going back to the arena? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really because it looks cheap all the time. No. no and one. I feel like, uh, I've, I've gotten my fill of it. Unlike these people who seem to, and I'm talking, when I say these people, I mean the, those in the box, like uh, Alithia and her friends. They go all the time. And, like, it, it just, it, they're always excited about the carnage. That's always. Because there's nothing else to do. I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> just sit around and drink wine or go to the arena. I guess it reminds me of this, the town I lived in before I came to Portland, Starkville, Mississippi. Look it up. It's just such a boring town. So that's why, like, every weekend during football season, the stadium is packed because there's nothing else to do. And then on Thursday night, everyone goes to night, the bar, drink night. So boring. Mm. Do you miss Mississippi? No. I wouldn't think you would. <laughs> it's like, I miss a few people. Sure. A few people. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, let me not mince words. I miss, a, I miss just a few, a handful of people. <laughs> but um, as far mm-hmm. as living there, no. And I, they, I blame social media for like wanting me to move because people are constantly like, oh, I went to this concert tonight, or I went to this in town tonight. You know, they have to drive like 30 minutes. If I wanted to do something, it would be like a 
three-hour drive just to do something similar to it in their town. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, my my town of Toledo was not as small as what you're describing, um, but still, uh, people would talk about movies, let's say. Um, like, yeah. I remember the Blair Rich, Witch Project was a big deal. It's like, oh, I want to see that. When's that going to come? When's that going to come? Never. <laughs> and it, it, well, finally, what it finally did, it was like past my, the point of, of like uh, hype, you know? Yeah. It was the tail end of, it was always like, if we got anything, it was always like at the end of the hype train. And yeah, there were a lot of movies that I couldn't see, or like you were saying, it would come like many months later. And oh no, just, I just love because I'm always. The thing is, I have to, I, any given day, I have like so many options of what to do. And sometimes I just get overwhelmed by the options of doing nothing that day. <laughs> That's a nice problem to have. Yeah. Yeah. You live in a good town. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, it's, it's a lot better than Cappy. Yeah. And they now did, they have nothing to do. <laughs> what are they going to do now? Uh, they did the thing. So I guess probably like mid. 2000s i was watching aliens i was bringing the dvds from netflix and it seemed like i used to kind of like this thing where they'll show you something and then do like 36 hours earlier they skip back or three days earlier one day earlier but then it got Uh to the point where it seemed like every freaking episode was doing that yeah i'm tired of it so i hate that (laughs) so when I saw them do it on this episode of Sparks, I, uh, I, uh, I know it's such, at, at least for network TV, you can kind of see why they would, because they have to, they have to hook an audience that doesn't perhaps watch the show. And they have to put something in the teaser before the credits and the first commercial break. But this has no commercial breaks. This is premium cable. Like you don't need to structure TV this way. You don't have to hook them right away. You can ramp up to something, which most episodes do. So I guess they just wanted us to know right from the bat, hey, Gannicus is back. He's in this episode. Yeah, which it might have even been better off if they didn't show him until that scene where you see him. I agree. Oh, I agree. Yes. Something about the way they did it this episode where even when they finally came back to the point where they started, it didn't have the same impact is if i've seen it done on other shows it's not like oh we're back it was just kind of like okay like i don't think i really learned much of anything by going back it was like surprising no i don't think it added anything really yeah. and to your point it ruined the what could have been a cool reveal except we we had pre-arena stuff with him anyway like he, he will goes to the whorehouse and stuff so yeah, there, there was a reveal like when he was like walking a garden or not a garden. Although that should have been when we first saw him because I think first you see the back of his head and then cuts around to the front. You see his face. Well, I was happy to see him because I think that he's a pretty good character. Yeah, I was. I, I didn't remember it being so far into the season he came back. I thought it was like in the second episode, but he's. And you get to see that um, the half-naked lady in the stands one last time. I don't think it's. I don't know if it's the same person. There's always one. There's always one with her breasts. Yeah, bare breasts. <laughs> one breast hanging out. And they were talking about how this the set with the um, attendees watching, like the nobles watching. That's like the hardest set of all the show to shoot on. So they were really glad when they got to destroy it. <laughs> why? Why is that? 
Uh, just because of how it's like a raised platform, and I can't remember everything I was saying. I guess when you have to move the camera, it's just a lot of hassle tripping around just to get coverage. Oh, because it's a tight space. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so what did you think about the old guy who, who, who came out with this bow about to shoot? Um, Lucius. I felt, okay, so the way he, um, how the situation de-escalated and he kind of like laughed or whatever. And everyone was like, oh, like, I don't feel like that's, that seems like a real TV thing and not something that happens in real life. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. That's a little forced. Last week, <laughs> and I was in the Pearl District. These hipsters were going to like uh, shame me for something. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> I would have worked on that, and you know, I'm a workshop that. Uh, okay, come back yeah. when you when you workshopped it. Uh, yeah, I mean, he seems um, he seems kind of ripped for an older dude. <laughs> it's been in that temple nothing to do gosh life must have been so boring well i don't know i guess they had different standards maybe they'd be just completely overwhelmed in our time too 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 stimulated if we, yeah we could t- bring one of them to our time they just go crazy stuff yeah it's it's a real struggle in in the year 2018 mostly just when I say struggle, I mean trying to keep up with everything that's on Netflix is a real struggle. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's just there's, Netflix is mess. There's to- too much. It's like I can't watch that eight-part documentary you said was great because there's another eight-part documentary that I you said was great. I still haven't caught up on Kimmy Smith yet because I haven't caught up on Mindhunter and I never got to finish uh, Ozark or whatever. It's too much. The disappointing thing about the new season of Kimmy Schmidt is that it's split into two and it's only like six episodes or something. And yeah. one of the episodes is, is even a um, like a fake documentary kind of style episode, which I hate. I hate those kinds of episodes. And it's like, oh, you just wasted an entire episode doing this departure episode. Ugh, I don't like it. Maybe that's how you know they're out of ideas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, it anyway. felt it didn't. It wasn't good. Um, so yeah, so the Romans have been telling everybody that they all died, which isn't good, I guess, for their cause. And yeah, Gannicus does come back to town. They said it's been the first time in years that he's been to Capua. So he's had his free two years, I guess. It seems odd that he, that he would want to come back. Yeah. Especially to come back for this reason, I guess. Well, it's a bit like that. That kid who graduates from high school, but he's still hanging around the high school. <laughs> it's like, what are you still doing here? It's the best years of my life, man. That's so sad. <laughs> like, can't you move on? Like, we feel really sorry for you. You're 25 years old and you're still hanging around the high school. Like, this is not okay. Homecoming goes. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Cause I know, uh, uh, <laughs> just on Facebook, I hope none of them were listening to this, but just some of the people I went to high school with, they're just still very much into high school stuff like football. And I guess there's nothing wrong with being into high school sports, your alma mater. Oh, they just seem way too into it. My my parents and their friends were always like that. Like they uh, they were in, not high school, but university stuff. They're like, no, I still follow university they, stuff. Kind of, but it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, 
I always think you should live somewhere other than where you grew up at some point in your life, but it just, for some reason or another, never their hometown. Still go to all the high school ball games Friday. <sighs> I don't mean to be judgmental. I would be but so, you kind of are. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be so bored if I were still back there. I think I'd move back to where I'm from. Maybe. Hard to say. No, I still have an attachment to it, even though it's it doesn't have a lot like it's missing a lot. I probably this is a grass is greener situation. You're always going to want to be living somewhere else. In my situation, I think the grass is greener here. E- but that's true. I, I mean, the town that I grew up in, not the town I lived in, but the town that I grew up in, it's like 600. Um, but then I moved to the capital city, which is better, but still not not as great as poor. No, because you're still in Mississippi. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways. Anyway, so what's the like the main plot here of this episode is that Crixus, Roscoe, Animaeus, and Roscoe—not his real name, but that's oh, I, that's what I write down to call him. Um, he's been, they've all been captured. They're going to be executed, but just a standard execution would be boring. Let's have them fight each other. Yeah, let's. Have Why not? Some gladiators killed. Which is kind of what happened to that Selenium, Selenius guy in the first oh, yeah. season. Ugh. Yeah, so, but, too bad, so sad. <laughs> um, yeah, so they want to rescue. And there's all this stuff with Navia, who's got basically PTSD. Oh, poor Navia. Oh, she feels like she died in that mine. Like her spirit died. And now she's just a shell of a human being because of the awful things that happened to her, which are not said, but we can guess yeah. what she means. Um, poor, poor thing. And Lithia is going to uh, terminate her pregnancy. There's this whole scheme where uh, Lucretia wants Asher to swap out the potion with water but asher okay. <laughs> potion yeah <laughs> i could think of this it. is this is this is dumb this is a weird plan uh because she feels like she can't slink through her own villa in uh stealthily and she can't find another person to entrust to do this so she goes to someone who cannot be trusted at all and has him do it for her yeah, knowing does. that like how do you uh it's a bad plan. Yeah, she thinks she has sway over Asher, I guess, but he backstabs her and tells Glober about the potion. It was good. I think this is the beginning of Glober just kind of just saying, just running out of fucks to give. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's coming into his own as a character. It's good to f- finally see him step up and do stuff. He's way behind the curve compared to uh, Batiatas. He wa- that guy was a schemer. He had things cooking. He had all that stuff, you know, in the hopper. But this guy is just was being beaten down by his father-in-law and everybody else. And now he's finally making moves. Big old bug eyes. He's got big bug eyes. <laughs> this is intense. He's got serial killer eyes. Intense eyes. Oh. Uh, Nasir and Agron kiss. Aww. Dagron, I guess, is their shipper. No. That's what they say in the comments. <laughs> Negron. Um, I'm going to predict right now that we never get a sex scene the way that we get sex scenes for every hetero couple on this show. Okay. 
There were some pretty graphic scenes with um, Barca, weren't there? Yeah, were there? I thought so. Hmm. Maybe I misremembered. Yeah, I can't remember. Forgot to mention that when Gannicus appears, he's got this like grunge guitar rock yeah, happening. This is a rock star entrance. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's it's so fitting. I always like it when they use music that is like contemporary. Like a Knight's Tale. <laughs> because they are like the rock stars of uh, their generation. Apparently, Gannicus likes to fuck when he's conflicted about things. <laughs> That's what they mm-hmm. said on the commentary. My friend walked in during this orgy scene. <laughs> he walked into the room <laughs> when I was watching this. <laughs> But yeah, and Gatticus is having this emotional moment, just talking about stuff that's going on. There's these people screwing in the background. It's always fun. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of violence happens at these brothels. <laughs> a, little, a little too too much action for me. I don't want to. I like a I like a quieter venue. I like just some good good food, good drink, good conversation. I don't need. A lot of extra stimulus, you know. <laughs> the guts spilling out. Or I don't. I don't. I don't need that, and I don't need TVs. I, you know, it's too mm. much. They need a bouncer. That's what they need to get people to get those rough people out of the out of the club. <laughs> get them out of there. You are not welcome in this place. So eventually, we make it. Well, um, yeah. So there's this whole thing going back and forth about Asher and Glober, like he's. I guess he ends up getting back in good favor with Glover, thanks to Lucretia. But he's kind of imprisoned at one be at Secure 3. I like how even at one point, Animaeus is like, fuck this place. <laughs> he used to, you know, hold this, hold the Ludus in such high esteem, honor to work for that family. Just like, you know, I just hope this place burns down <laughs> or we bring this place, something like that. I Is this the episode where Asher rapes Lucretia? Um, he the holds next her up. In, okay. All right, well, we'll get to that. Um, I I guess that Roscoe would die at the end. Yeah, he got caught in the net. Yeah, just like Sandra Bullock. <laughs> um, so Spartacus and Gannicus do meet for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this whole tar thing. The what thing? The tar thing, where they burn down. They're pouring down the tar just to burn oh, the arena, okay. yeah. Okay, I, I see. I don't know, when the fire is the only thing that looked really cheap to me. The fire and the arena collapsing. Mm-hmm. I know this is a TV budget and they have to do it in a short period of time. Really bad. It it does, but I try to go with the emotion of it and not care so much about how ridiculously dumb it looks. <laughs> because it looks really bad. But I mean, it's not any... It, is it really that much worse than a lot of what we've seen? <laughs> so it's just, it's so weird to me that stars has like, if you watch outlander, it's like so expensive looking and lush. Now they don't really need effects so much and they don't really have crowd scenes like the arena, but it just like they're spending money on that show. And on this show, they're not spending money. <laughs> yeah. But this was 2012 or, yeah, this was, yeah, long. I guess they decided to pony up the money for Outlanders. Cause it, um, what was it? I think 2011 was when Game of Thrones started. I think that kind of changed how much of these cable things spent it. I don't know. Well, yeah, Rome was a co-financed production. Yeah. So 
we kind of we we skipped over the fact of how they got into the arena. They come up through the sewers, yeah, uh, where they dump the bodies. Because after the gladiators die, they just hack them up. They just hack them up and throw the body so parts why are they in the, in the sewer. Up? What does that do? Does it make it easier to pass through the sewer? Um, God, I have no idea. It's super fucking gross, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Um, Couldn't they have burnt them or melted them down with like lye or something? Yeah, it looks. I don't know. This is more shocking. <laughs> Leo McIntyre was saying that he was asking um, what was in the water, and they basically they said, "Well, basically, don't open your eyes." And then the director says, uh, "Can you leave? Have your eyes open when you come out of the water?" <laughs> so and he said, "It really what? burned." Mm. Yeah, his eyes were really red when he came out of the water. Yeah, I did like that, though. <laughs> I like that because it made me feel like they were swimming through something uh, disgusting. Though I don't know really why they couldn't have either digitally made his eyes red or through contact lenses or something. It seems a little odd. Like, why does he really have to? Does he really have to have his eyes open? Yeah, Can he open his eyes when he comes up? Either. Like, what? I guess it, it was weird. It was strange to have his eyes open. Uh, it's not blind your actor. Yeah. Was it during the fight scene? It might have been next episode where uh, he did some kind of move, that move like where you've got their head between your legs and you're like up in the air and their head between legs. And you like, like well, he said that his like stunt guy was like, you're never going to be able to do that. But then he like worked at it and actually did it. Really proud of it. <laughs> But yeah, I was Cute. thinking, like, your actor going to get hurt trying to do this. That's a cool move. Rena goes, oh, so then uh, we get the, and you saw it earlier, but the confrontation in Emmaus and Gannicus and they're fighting. But they got their hands bound together and their swords, you know, sharp edge to them. So when the nobles start to flee and hell breaks loose, I don't even remember who Mercado is. He died. So Mercado is the guy that's been organizing the fights. And they're like, oh, you're so good at this. You're so good at this, Mar- Mercado. And he's like, thanks. So like, I've been like trying really hard. Yeah. And uh, he's the cousin of the brother-sister. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll get there. And Spartacus does that, chucks that spear. He said he spent 20 minutes practicing because he couldn't throw a spear. Yeah, this is a real like uh, Jora in the in the dragon pits, uh, flinging his spear at the Sons of the Harpy kind yeah. of moment. And I don't know if I mentioned this earlier in the season, but I know they talked about it in the commentary where they said they brought Casucius back so he could get justice for what. And see, in the prequel, he gets stabbed. He was originally supposed to get stabbed in the mouth with that spear, but it would have been too good to do that. They had to use some kind of rig to do. I just thought it was hilarious the way that the arena collapsed and portions of the stands just fell down into like a big fiery pit. And it was just like, it's like, it's so funny. So it's like if you um, just had like pre-cut section, little one out like a model or something. I know this is all CG, but it's just like this pre-cut section. Yeah. The way it was at the end when the, finally the rest of it collapsed, that really funny. Yeah. But it was a fun moment. Like it was, it was very satisfying to see the arena be destroyed. Um, kind of feel bad for the people who died. Like, yeah, they're bloodthirsty, but they don't know any better. It's what their culture is. So, 
It's not like they're evil. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they deserve it. I don't know. In a thousand years, they might think we're evil for watching football and boxing. Could be. Could be. I'm just not a fan. I'm really not a fan of death in fiction at all. And I know I'm watching the wrong show. (laughs) You don't have to tell me that. I get it. I can see the emails coming in. <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't need to send them. I get it. So, somehow in the carnage, uh, Albinius, his father, ends up under... <laughs> we, uh, we didn't see this, but <laughs> it's like stuff happened off camera that was <laughs> in these episodes. But he gets trapped under a bean or something. Mm-hmm. And Glover, it looks like he's about to help him, but then he goes full villain. He does a heel turn. That we, and I guess you kind of saw it come. Well, I guess it's uh, always uh, been a heel. I, I didn't. I, I mean, I didn't really get that he hated his father-in-law so much. It's not like because killing his father-in-law is not going to erase the stigma that people have toward him or that he has on upon himself. Uh, that he sucks at his job, <laughs> and that it's his fault that Spartacus exists. Yeah, that doesn't erase that history. Uh, but he tells wifey that Spartacus did it. I wonder if that'll come back later. And now that father can't dissolve the wedding, um, her her potential husband just walks off. <laughs> He's like, I'm through with this. He's <laughs> <laughs> already gone. I thought they were pretty sexy, all covered in soot. Yeah. Soot and sweat with the flames behind them. I was like, yeah, you guys look pretty good right now. I thought the flames and stuff behind them were good. And I didn't notice the soot and sweat so much. Mm-hmm. They should have just, like, fucked right there in the street. It would have been hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like, for this show, I think that could work. Um, I don't have anything else on this one. Uh, sorry, I had to sneeze. Um, yeah, I don't... I don't um, see, they drag Animaeus out because he hurt and got crushed. It still gets me that Gannicus came back to kill his brother's... I know he says you want to just send them an honorable death. And that was... mm. Have any quotes? Uh, fuck me, Gannicus. <laughs> I actually didn't write it down. I meant to go back. That's, to what, that's just what. That's just what somebody yelled when he went to the arena. You just hear this crowd noise, and this woman's like, "Fuck me, Gannicus." Oh, I miss that. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> But I can actually see. I mean, I can actually see that happening today if you go to like a football game. Yeah, this quote from Gannicus: "Let them gaze upon the legend of the arena with the rest of the howling mob. I am for wine and the embrace of questionable women." Okay, it is, uh, who is uh, any other quotes? No. Uh, who's the winner of this episode? Um, the winner is Spartacus. He brought down the arena. He nearly killed Glauber. He killed that perv, yeah. the spear. But he saved all of his friends. He brought down the arena. His plan worked. Uh, I say Spartacus. How well, about you? Days, he'll have a plan that don't work. Uh, that won't. Mechanicus. Uh, <laughs> um, I think Spartacus, too. Maybe Spartacus and his merry men. They all worked together and brought <laughs> down Rena. At this point, are he and Crixus officially bros? Yeah, I think they're bros. Okay. I think they have a bromance going. They're not as tight as um, Spartacus and Jai Courtney. No. But they're getting there. I like this 
Spartacus a lot more than, or this Crixus a lot more than season one Crixus. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Who is the loser? Um, Pervy guy, maybe. Pervy guy. I have to say the loser is the guy who's in charge of uh, body disposal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He has to hack people up and throw them into a sewer. And then for his trouble, he gets his neck snapped. And you think that but, uh, there has to be better ways to dispose of bodies. It's just gross. And then he gets killed. Like, I mean, he's just doing his job. He's not. Yeah, did he really? Yeah. He's not the one killing, though. Right. Imagine you, you work a gross job your entire life, and then that's what you get. I felt really bad for him. <laughs> um, do you have any losers? Um, uh, we should say that Elithia lost because of clan, or maybe even Lucretia. But I like the, um, free guy finally got his mm-hmm. due loss and sees the whole... Yeah, isn't he the one that killed, um, Lucretia's friend? I think it was a different guy, but he uh, okay. was the one who got Gannicus and Animaeus' wife together, one that made that happen, or at least forced him to have sex with each other. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, who's our best sleigh? Oh, well, the spear, of course. The spear, uh, spear through Kasushis. Though I did like the fight scene between um, Animaeus and Gannicus when Gannicus, like, ran up Animaeus's body and, like, kneed him to the face. Yeah, after he had knocked his sword down. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool move. Very acrobatic, very agile. I would have so loved to have seen the fight if it was if Animaeus wasn't didn't have his arms you know tied together. Cause he's been wanting to get back into the arena for so long, and he finally does. And Gannicus has he actually been training all this time? Like is he a little rusty? Doesn't seem like Maybe. it. Maybe shouldn't he have been a little rusty? A little hungover too. And what about the best lay? Is that Gannicus? <laughs> hmm, I guess so. Can't think of another. Another standout lay. There was a scene, maybe in the next episode. Episode. Okay, uh, what about ratings? Uh, this was pretty good. Um, I, like you, I didn't like the way that it started, but I sure enjoyed seeing Gannicus again. And we got some payback for some, some villains, and Glabber's making moves... Uh, and it was just very satisfying watching the arena be destroyed, even though it was completely ridiculous looking, which is no surprise. So I'll give it eight and a half out of ten. Stadium's not up to fire codes. I'm typing. Um, yeah, I agree with uh, what you said. Um, good to see the end of the arena. Um, Gannick is coming back. Good to see Clobber taking the gloves off. Um, good to see the guy die. So I'll give it eight and a half out of ten dead body disposal guys. Aw, poor guy. <laughs> I need to unionize <laughs> the body disposal guys. Okay, the next episode is called Chosen Path. Originally aired March 12, 2012. Directed by Michael Hurst Eolis. And <laughs> Written by Misha Green, who is the co-creator of a show called Ground. I've heard of, but I've never seen. Is that like about um, slaves in the underground or something? That up, right? the, like the Underground Railroad or something? I think it was on WGN or something like that. I guess the, that's got to be the, the Underground Railroad 
canceled Shit. after two seasons. Is that the one that Journey Smollett Bell's in? Yeah, <laughs> this picture. Yeah, courageous blacksmiths and plantation slaves. Their attempt to escape. Yeah. But it got really good, got good reviews. I mean, this writing score. Yeah, I, I heard good things. Um, I mean, that whole network wanted to get into TV and like like original shows. And they had uh, Manhattan, and which was about the Manhattan Project. They had Salem, about the witch trials. They had that show. And then they just decided that they weren't going to spend the money and get into TV. I guess they just didn't get feel like they got anything out of it. Yeah. But they didn't. But you know, you want to get into original shows in a really crowded marketplace. You have to either have more patience or different expectations. So it's really sad that they just like canceled all their stuff. Yeah, I watched a few episodes of Manhattan and I really liked it. I just got distracted by other stuff. It was really well made. It just it felt like it was a little too slow. Like it, it needed to move a little faster. But uh, good premise and uh, high. It seemed like it, was, it didn't look cheap. So. That's too bad. She, uh, Journey Smollett Bell, I, I remember her best as the little girl from Eve's Bayou. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> that little girl. <laughs> uh, uh, on her. Yeah, we were just talking about that movie on Hooplecast, and my co-host hadn't seen it, and I was trying to like think of like the plot of it, and I was like, I think it was about a Samuel L. Jackson played her dad, and he... He had, does he have an affair and then she wishes him dead and he like dies by like a train accident or something? I actually don't really remember the plot. I just remember loving that girl. I remember her and her sister and I remember a famous like shot where her aunt is telling a story and she lo- she's looking in the mirror and like there's like trick photography where it like goes into the mirror or something and it was like a practical effect but it was really cool and evocative and that's a really fun movie. I should rewatch that movie. Yeah. It's got a good vibe to it. I just remember when WGN was nothing but like Bozo the Clown, Cubs game, the news. I used to like watching it. So there's a commentary for this episode by Stephen DeKnight, Viva Bianca, Lucy Lawless, and Nick Tarabay. Oh, mm-hmm. so yeah, so they're <laughs> back at their hideout, and Gannicus is there, but he's just there to talk to anime as he didn't really care about what they're doing. Um, they said historically that Gannicus was a free man who joined rebellion. You know oh, why. really? Huh. Which is why they had to give him his freedom at this, this what they said. Gave him his freedom. They give a lot of screen time to the blonde girl. Yeah. And her first question is, where's Roscoe? And then like, he didn't make it. He did. And that was like all they said about him. Like, they were... Not mourning him, were they? Finished. I think he was supposed to be like in one episode in the first season. <laughs> they ended up keeping- I just think that that was shitty of them because that was their friend, and they didn't really like give a little give a little speech, say a little something. He died a glorious death. I guess they don't care. <laughs> he just um, comes with the job. I guess. I bet if Agro died, they would give a speech for him. Or at least oh, a sure. Talking I don't remember Glaber getting that wound on his face. Oh, when the uh, when Sparks just threw the spear, it like glanced his face. Oh, he like moved out of the way at the last second, but it did like you know glance his face and then hit the creep. 
Well, I don't remember him having that wound when he was escaping the arena, um, but maybe he did. I don't. That's just hard to see. Probably a lot of stuff going on right then. Probably missed it. Oh, blonde girl. Have you ever heard the term monkey bar girl? Seems like nope. maybe the what Australians. Uh, is Viva Bianca Australian? Yeah, the I think they're all Australian. Seem like the Australians that heard it, but like Stephen and Knight didn't know it. But it's like they don't let go of one bar until they grab the next one. So she's already already trying to find her next next man to protect her. Well, she's got to do what she has to do. She's a young former slave who probably doesn't have a lot of job prospects. So she's she wants protection. She could have done a mirror route. Yeah. Try to learn from Navia. Looks like she's going to try to learn to protect herself. I felt like Mira was really unkind toward the blonde girl when she said, um, why don't you just take care of yourself instead of spreading your legs for every man who comes by? It's like, don't slut shame her. (laughs) She could have said, you men are not dependable. They may not always be around, but you can be self-sufficient. And here, why don't we do this together? You help me prop me up and and I'll prop you up and we'll get through it as strong women instead she was like stop being such a slut you slut <laughs> that's a very 2010s <laughs> attitude you describing men i don't know if they <laughs> said that back then. yeah i just didn't it made me not like mira in that moment um she could have said nothing at all but she's still so pretty though <laughs> oh she's so pretty <laughs> how does it change that i think it's she's gonna kind of have like Big cheeks, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I picture in my mind's eye, I'm I'm seeing these like kind of chipmunk cheeks. I'm like, that's so cute. She's <laughs> unusual complexion too. Very. She's checking a lot of boxes. Let's put it that way. Oh, Matt. Yes. What was the last thing? Because I've been talking for a while now. I was, but I didn't know my mic was muted. Oh, okay. I was wondering where you went. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna want to truncate that silence. Okay, I think I said something about how Globber, a lot of the people... Leaving? Or a lot of the troops have gone to do other stuff, and some have uh, vacated. Yeah, they've, um... It's just too much. They're like, this is, we're out, skis. Yeah. They said later days, and they left. And who can blame them? I don't get paid enough for this. I don't like you. Oh, God, everyone's dying constantly. <laughs> so when they were talking about, um... How Elithia's father died, Lucy Lawless, on the commentary was saying, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but how did he die? Did I do it or not? Like she couldn't remember like how he had died or she had. Oh. And I was also saying during my mute, it's like, aren't you glad we have different, we don't mourn the same way because we have like different standards when it comes to hygiene. <laughs> like you don't take a bath the whole time you're on thing. I feel like that's really convenient when bathing is difficult and <laughs> you're just like, well, we don't have to because <laughs> of grieving. And you're like, hmm, that's convenient. I think I'm going to grieve another week. Uh, yeah, seems gross now. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for Lithia and, uh, and Glaber is being very mean toward, toward yeah. his poor wife. Probably the only one she still truly cared about is Dan. 
But now she's starting to get back graces with Cretians again. Yay! I like them as friends. <laughs> but you obviously, they can't trust each other. They would get much farther ahead if they actually did not stab each other in the backs. And if yeah. they actually were good friends. And when they schemed, they schemed for a purpose of mutual beneficial, you know, outcome. But they don't. Seems like, I don't know. <laughs> At least Lucretia doesn't. Act like, yeah, it seems like now they're trying to work towards, but I'm not sure Lucretia is completely on Alithia's side. Yeah, she's out for herself. I mean, I feel like the, if the three of them were standing around a table and there was a gun on the table, Lucretia would shoot Glaber and not Alithia. And I feel the same, like Alithia would do the same. I feel like th- when push comes to shove, they will be there for each other. But if there's an opportunity for them to get e- get ahead at the cost of the other in a sort of non-direct, like really like unspecific way, like they would take that opportunity um, and not think about the consequences. I think I've said it before. They're like Jill and Catherine on The Young and the Restless. <laughs> <laughs> So Asher had some cool moves. He he fought those guys and did like a really admirable job. Yeah, all by himself, and he's not even yeah. the best one. Right, and he's probably really rusty too. But he kicked their asses, and uh, that one guy, he was punching that guy, and wow, he he ruined that guy's face. <laughs> Fuck ton of blood. I guess it happened earlier in the season where he took the brace off his leg because he went around pretty nicely now. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking he was, like, for life. It just seemed like that way, because season one dragged a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed like it was a lifetime. Um, His was a metaphorical drag, or a little, little literal drag, and the show was a metaphorical drag. Yeah. Then he shaved his beard, and I don't, I didn't like him anymore after he shaved his he beard. He looks so weird, yeah. He yeah. He looks better with the beard. So he's I, Lucretia exchanged places and power scheme. Yeah. I didn't like the rape. I didn't. I had forgotten that happened, but yeah, I thought it was yeah, totally necessary. It, not necessary. No. And I'm usually I haven't complained on Game of Thrones about it, their use, but I thought this was completely unnecessary. Right, because there was no dramatic payoff, and I think that's when people complain about rape um, in shows. They often say, "Oh, it's a plot device," and they don't like it for that reason. And in this case, it wasn't a plot device. It wasn't anything. It was such a throwaway. I mean, unless it comes back at some point. I have a feeling but I doubt Lucretia trying to... But, but she would get revenge for him sabotaging her plan to switch the vials. So, this... I didn't... No, I didn't like it at all. So, Animaeus... Uh, so, there are <clears throat> two reasons that Animaeus is out cold for most of this episode. One is that in his contract, he got to be light one episode so he can go back home to his family. And the other is that they just wanted to delay him talking to Gannis, kiss as long as possible. Mm. So one episode a season, he gets to go visit his family. Well, that's nice. Good for him. I know. I remember like on Babylon 5, they were like, you know, some actors would have, you know, this many episodes. Some would have this many episodes. And it was so they could like go off and play another TV show. I think it's cool. They work around your schedule. Yeah, they don't really do that at work. I work. No, me either. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> Can I have a few months off so I could go? Um, I want to go work at a amusement park for a couple of months. <laughs> I, I listened to the uh, Kotaku podcast, and the guy was like, Yeah, I'm going to be taking some time off. For th- I'll be taking three months off from my sabbatical. Now, 
to write my book, research my book. When I, because after you work at the company for like five years, you can take three months off to, to go write your book. And you're and I'm like, well, that's nice. So <laughs> that's nice we, that you get to do that. We do get sabbaticals where I work. It's the first oh, place I've worked. Well, then fuck sabbatical. off. Yeah, I, I can't like take time all the while, get a job, and come back. I can't take a sabbatical, but I'm away from that. It's like four weeks after four years and eight weeks after eight years. But I don't think I'll be writing a book. I think I'll be cross-country trip or one yeah. week and the other stuff. That's nice that you have that because most people do not. <laughs> this is my first job that I've had. It's weird because it seems like people are constantly, there's always somebody talking about their sabbatical that's coming up and they don't, it seems like people don't like talking about it too much because they know like not everybody gets to, is on theirs yet. And it's kind of like, God, I'm so tired of hearing you talk about your sabbaticals. Like, and especially during the summer, I think in the next few weeks, like people I were going to be gone from there too. <sighs> Fucking jerks. <laughs> <laughs> So Asher needs to go recruit his own. Proved how awesome gladiators are at fighting. So he's going to recruit his own army. And one guy was I think, the first guy he recruits. Yeah, this this feels like a lot of movies like where the bad guys round up other bad guys or good guys round up other. Like this is an Ocean's Eleven oh kind God. of thing. Like <laughs> like we need that we need the safe cracker and we need the we need the 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 cat burglar and we need the the one who's really good at seducing people and let's let's get all the let's get the crew together and then we can pull off the heist except in this case it's a crew motley crew of uh murderers and killers yeah an egyptian guy apparently he's done a lot of stunt work i think like in like logan x-men origins will deadpool 2 um hmm one of my notes uh lucy lawless's giant nipples that's certainly true. Yeah, it's always fun when they take a bath. Yeah. There was a fight at a whorehouse. Now that was when Asher, Asher's degenerate friend st- curb stomped that other guy. Yeah. Uh, that's gross. Um, the blonde girl. I didn't trust her. Yeah, she got rejected by some of those guys. And I think the implication was that she slept with them. They still rejected Well, the guy said, you know, just because we laid together once doesn't mean I'm I'm in love with you. Right. He... He was basically like Parker Abrams to her Buffy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gannicus and Trix's catch up, and then Gannicus and Animaeus kind of catch up, and he tells Gannicus says that Melita chose him. They kind of seems like they kind of come to an understanding. Yeah, I think so. We didn't screw that night that she died. She was just coming to have one last drink. Yeah. Oh, I mean, all he had to say was this. This perverted guy made us have sex we're slaves we had to do it um and then we kind of sort of not fell in love with each other but we found solace in each other because we were both in a very difficult circumstance that no one but the other person could understand and so we found comfort in each other we didn't mean to but it happened and then we decided that we couldn't push it any further because of you so we would break it off but then she unexpectedly died because she was murdered (laughs) <laughs> and I feel really bad for everything that happened, but I'm your I'm your friend. Can you please forgive me? That now, if, that, if that's what someone said to you, wouldn't you be like, I forgive you? Yeah, but this is Gannicus. I don't know if you can express <laughs> yourself that way. <laughs> <laughs> People just need to have conversations. 
people don't talk, they just punch and cut. So, yeah, they're all crying. And uh, Who's crying? Sepia? About her cousin that died? Uh, yeah, I wrote down group therapy Roman style. It didn't quite work, though. But this is all because of um, Glaber wanting to join his forces with Sepias. He kind of said no with the, yeah, this smug little smile on his face. I'll think about it and you know tomorrow. And then Sepia sees right through their attempt to coerce or get her to talk to her brother. Her brother lover, brother slash lover. Glaber's flirting with her like right in front of his wife. <laughs> he doesn't care anymore. Oh, so Navia told Agron at some point, don't tell don't tell Crixus about the mines, right? He uh, Agron found her, she said don't tell Crixus. Uh no, they talked to a guy who where she was or knew that she was alive, but he's uh, Agron told everyone that the guy said that she was dead. I could have sworn that Navia told Agron don't tell Crixus. Oh, I don't think so. In this episode okay. At some point, um, we we don't hear her say that, but I, th- I thought he implied or or said that that's what she told him, and he was just following her instruction. Oh uh, no, he was just lying because he didn't want anybody. He didn't want them to go on a risky mission to save her. Okay. And then it was Nasir who told them the truth because Nasir was there. Well, hmm. So they still have. Agron and Crixus will have this tension. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, they will. And Navia, there's a they said this line was kind of intentional, where Navia tells Crixus like that Navia was a different girl, like she doesn't exist anymore because different actress playing. Right. Her. Yeah, that's clever, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Becky on Roseanne. And I probably have said this before, and but when they switched Aunt Aunt um, whatever her name is on The Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, and yeah, when they switched Aunt Viv, I was like so confused as a kid <laughs> because because, you know, when you watch that show, uh, like kind of syndicated TV, you don't see every episode in order. Sometimes they don't even show them in order. So I just I couldn't understand who this woman was. Like, I, I don't think I was sophisticated enough, young enough and paying enough attention to really understand that they recast the actress. So I was like, well, this is a different woman, but it's really confusing how they keep calling her Aunt Viv. I guess it's her sister? (laughs) Her sister Vivian? Yeah, that's, like, it was just uh, (laughs) hard to, hard to understand. I think I may have known, I mean, I watched it when it was still on the air. I think I may have known that they knew actress heard somehow. But when they, um, I think the son, the youngest son, when they aged him a few years, I think that was kind of weird. But I didn't because I didn't really know that was the thing that happened at the time when he showed. They just you know one season's a baby, then the next season's what like five years old, like that. Mm. I I would have known that from soap operas. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so the money's missing, and Gannicus and Sparkus have to fight over. Which is a pretty good fight scene, I guess, in the rain. It w- it was a good fight scene, but the entire time it's like it's obvious it's the blonde girl. <laughs> Gannicus didn't take it, but he of course is too proud to you know show his bags, what's in his stuff. Yeah, he's kind of got this attitude of wanting to die. He's got this defeatist attitude, like nobody's my friend. I just want to die and give up. I'm a sad sack. Wah. So Ira, Ira shoots the blonde girl. I didn't understand why. Just run over to her and grab her. She was getting away. It was for getting away. Dramatic. It was stupid. Yeah, it was all for the dramatic moment of you thinking she's shooting at, I guess, Gannicus. 
Uh, but it wasn't dramatic because I knew what was going to happen because I knew it was the blonde girl. So there was no drama there. So she just shot this girl and it was like, oh, I didn't. I just meant to wound her. Like, wound her. Just go get her. She's right there. Yeah, we saw how you could run and stabby somebody, knock her down. Uh, as go. Yeah, he'll be back, though. <laughs> he won't get far. His contract will bring him back. Um, and then Asher's men get to work. They kill that little kid. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't tell at first if that was a kid or a girl or whoever that was, but that's usually, a shame. No, no. I won't say happy is the right word, but I'm usually just pleasantly surprised to see children die on TV shows. Because, you know, you, can, you would never see that back in the day. Right. It's very progressive of them to murder children. <laughs> <laughs> and then they kill the uh, the brother. Yeah. Glaber kills him. I'm not sure why, honestly. <laughs> but so he he's, could, got, he's scheming. Yeah, so he could get the kids soldiers. He'd have more soldiers to go after Spartacus. Because a lot of his have gone away. And they redid this scene so that... Um, Glober could just go fully unleashed. I guess the first time they did it, he was still too reserved. They changed some of the dialogue. And Asher takes some kind of jewel off his arm, but that's going to come back. I'm assuming for blackmail purposes. Schrodinger's jewel. Or is it Chekhov's jewel? Chekhov's, Chekhov's jewel. jewel. Uh, I think that's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. This is a point where I stopped taking notes because I was eating breakfast. This is an episode that is like moving pieces last episode had a big moment with the destruction of the arena this is aftermath this is our our heroes recovering and then having to play out some drama about pent pent up feelings of frustration and resentment and whatever and people kind of forgiving each other then <laughs> it's like that's what this this is an all this is an episode about therapy <laughs> I was just reading that psychologist is one of the, or psychiatrist is one of like the top paying jobs with the most career openings. If nobody wants to do them, just. I'd have to go back to school and do it, but I'm a good listener. I could do it. I'm a good listener. I just have no advice to give. <laughs> it's just well, talk to me. Yeah, but I don't. Once you have the education, I think that goes you know, part and parcel, goes with itself. You know, be very expensive to go back to school. Do we have any quotes? Um, the girl, the sister, says, uh, I looked into his eyes. When Spartacus stood down upon the sands, they burned with a fire that consumed the world. The only thing I have is, did I not tell you, together we will see ourselves free from this abyss. Of here's, a, Lucretia. Uh, here's one from uh, the guy who I was, I just call him Bobby Moynihan. He says, there is no deeper solace for a woman than in the bosom of her gender. <laughs> All right. Sound is so terrible. Well, it was terrible. I was like, Ugh, gross, dude. Like, shut up. <laughs> He's the kind of guy who would like watch lesbian porn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, who is the winner of this episode? Winner is could be Asher. Good fight scene. Lost the beard, but that was his choice. Didn't like the rape, but then he did his uh. Then he went and he hired a bunch of goons. He's got, he, his, he's got his own squad. He, he's got a squad, a gang. He's uh, he's making moves and taking souvenirs. Weirdly, he's he's got he's got pieces moving again. He, uh, 
Things are looking good for Asher. What about what do you think? Not Asher, I would say Globber, just because he came out with troops. He's got this is horrible, but he's got his wife, you know, doing his bidding for now. He's got more troops to go after Spartacus. I guess maybe he inherit. Well, I guess his son, who inherits his father-in-law's plans or property. They're talking about it in that first scene. Uh, I guess she does. Asher Hmm. Robber Glasher. Got their shipper name. Uh, who's who's the loser? The blonde girl whose name I don't even remember. I can't remember. They said it once, and I mean I've heard it once, but it was the monkey Her, bar girl. Yeah, monkey bar girl. The guy who got put in the face so many times by Asher. <laughs> guy who got curb stomped. Yeah. Uh, best slay the curb stomp guy. <laughs> yeah, that was gross. <laughs> I don't know if there were any lays in this episode. No. Citizen Navia tried to, but... Then she had a flashback, and she couldn't do it! I wrote down, curb stomp, G-U-R-L, like, girl. <laughs> oh, girl. Uh, ratings. I know this wasn't as good as the last one. Last one had, like, a, a climactic. This one, was, you were saying, was more set up. I do kind of like that some of the villains are getting ahead in the place. Um, maybe a little too much bro therapy you're talking about i don't know people being stupid i'll give it seven and a half um yeah seven and a half out of ten to snake bracelet souvenirs mm. uh this is a good asher episode but i didn't like a lot of it especially everything that uh involved that blonde girl because uh i felt like i could see the pieces moving too much so I'm gonna give it seven out of ten monkey bars. Monkey bars. Uh, let's see. Funding to it. Okay. And now I am checking feedback. <laughs> Truncate silent. No feedback. Damn it! Come on, people. Don't be freeloaders. Contribute. <laughs> Next time on Spartacast, we'll be discussing episode seven and eight. Shut up. Uh, episode 7 is called Sacramentum, and episode 8 is called Balance. Ugh, these are terrible titles. <laughs> Sacramentum. Well, sacrament is like something sacred, right? Or a sacred rite. Um, they liberate a temple of Vestal Virgins, and then they arm the virgin girls and to become warriors. And they're led by Mira. So she has her own girl gang. Oh, to go up against Asher's boy gang. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Mira's uh, virgins win. They smack them down. All right. It's going to be a great scene. Um, balance. It's that time of the year when everyone, every character has to partake in the presidential physical fitness test. So they all train for the, the test. And they, the biggest challenge is the balance beam. For some reason, that's part of the test. So they all work on uh, their balance. So there's just lots of shots of people uh, walking on narrow ledges, uh, on fences, fence posts, uh, with some parkour stuff happening. Uh, it's all about uh, balance. Uh, it is a very, it's a very literal title. <laughs> all right. I think you got that like 90% correct. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure I did. <laughs> if I remember correctly. I- oh, Okay. That was the description. So yeah, hopefully it won't take us another three months to come back. Yeah, I, I hope not. But you know, I I'm not in any rush to get through the show. Like I enjoy it when I watch it, but I'm never like I gotta see the next one right away. Yeah, 
And I don't really forget too much that happens in between episodes. I always worry when I sit down, am I going to remember what's going on? Should I watch? Should, should I play the recap? Then I usually just like, ah, I'll start it and figure it out. And yeah, most cases, it's like, yeah, I know what's going on. It's not like, it's not too confusing. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> the scheming may be the most complicated part of the show sometimes, but that's even that's not. All right. Yep. This has been Sportacast. I think we're done. It sure has. <laughs> Hasta la vista. Bye. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I don't have a catchphrase, so I'm not gonna. I'm not, and I'm not gonna say that. Hasta la vista. I'm not. No. <laughs> Stop appropriating culture. Well, <laughs> I'm appropriating terminate. Oh, you appropriate what you want to appropriate. All right, I'm gonna go play more VR. <laughs> nice. All right, take care. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye.